0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is permission to be enough. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook, and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the
1: pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so we are deep in quarantine. It is April 21st, the day that we record this in 2020. Mm -hmm. What exactly are you talking about? Just so everybody is clear.
0: In times of stress and anxiety, which we are definitely in right now. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Right. It is often easy to forget that we are enough as we are with all of our mistakes, with all of the pieces of us that are imperfect and things that we wish that we would do differently we are enough. Everyone right now that I am talking to is feeling like they are failing on some kind of level, whether they're failing as a new homeschool teacher or whether they are failing because they're not able to concentrate on their work as well as they used to or whether they feel like they're failing because they're
1: not achieving the objectives that they wanted. Well, sure, because we find ourselves with all this free time. And I think everybody at some point has said, well, if I have all the time in the world, I'm gonna learn a new language. I'm gonna pick up a new skill. I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna do all these wonderful things. And you know what we're not doing? Any of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And for folks who are not finding themselves with more free time, There's the additional pressure of, well, clearly I'm overworking and overfunctioning and all I'm doing is making things worse, but it's still not enough to be able to get the work done that needs to be done. Exactly. And it's this constant kind of battle of expectation versus accepting that what we do is enough. And there's lots of folks who could write more eloquently on this. I brought this topic up because it's something that I'm seeing a lot in people, and I'm noticing as we recognize how the brain chemicals are shifting, Yeah, right? We have been under high stress and high trauma situation now across the world for over a month. And what this is bringing up in us are tons of different responses. And some folks have more coping skills than others. Some folks are more able to reach to their coping skills and use them more swiftly than others and then there are folks who are just melting down right now Mm -hmm.
1: and the reality is that it's just hard it is i've seen some articles where they talk about that your fight or flight instinct is fighting each other right now and it's Mm -hmm. just exhausting your body and your brain in ways that we are not used to dealing with
0: yep yeah, and there's a third one that they've added in, Fight, flight or freeze. Mm. right? So you either share you know terror away or you fight back or you just freeze in place. And I have a friend who does amazing work in trauma care and has pointed out that part of some of the reaction right now to protest, the lockdown orders is instead of a freeze or a flight response is a fight response and as a way of feeling like there's some control over the issue because you're going towards it and you're going to fight it.
1: I know, but oh man, is that frustrating for the rest of us to sit and watch?
0: A hundred percent. And all of it shows adaptive or maladaptive, depending upon how it is, reactions to stress and trauma. And all of our good stuff and all of our bad stuff is getting amplified right now. And so what our faith tradition can come in and do is offer a word of gentleness in response to it to say you are enough it is okay you have the power to make choices your choices are to stay home right like that Mm -hmm. will alleviate the danger for you is to stay home and stay safe and keep others safe and in that choice there can be a peace that what you
1: accomplish and what you do is enough what I like about this is because it is a purely religious faith-based thing you're just getting peace from above for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. it's not like well I have to find time to meditate I have to find time to do yoga I have to find time to knit or whatever your downtime Mm -hmm. of choice is you can just be and it's just fine
0: Absolutely. And
1: if you can't
0: just be because your anxiety is amped up so much that just being is terrifying. And so you automatically reach for the next productive thing that you can reach for instead of resting at all. You know what? That's okay, too. Okay. As long as it's not causing harm to other people, as long as it's not causing harm to you long term, The choices that we make to get through this are okay. Finding that balance.
1: I found that the hardest part about this is when you are not alone. Mm -hmm. And you're having to navigate those relationships with those around you. Mm -hmm. Because we all have different ideas of what works for us. But if somebody's looking at you going, but why haven't you done anything other than lay there all day? How do you respond to that? oof, isn't that
0: hard? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super
1: hard. You know, that starts to bring in,
0: especially for quarantine family dynamics. Oh, yes. And family expectations, right? And that's where we have to say grace upon grace upon grace upon grace and recognize that we have to figure out ways to forgive one another and to compromise. The whole idea of forgiveness right now and forgiving one another for the mistakes and the missteps that we are absolutely making with one another, man, it's a huge challenge. Yes. But one that we can lean into that kind of theological, biblical grounding for us to say, okay, we are called to forgive each other when we bugger things up, when we don't get this right. We know that we are going to misstep. We know that our reactivity is high. We know that we're gonna make choices that aren't building up. So how can we manage that? How can we say when we've done a wrong? How can we be held accountable to it? How can we forgive ourselves for it? How do we forgive
1: others well, when we're ready to? How do you productively tell somebody, you're asking too much of me right now? Mm-hmm. I think part of the
0: challenge there is when you have someone who's a high-functioner to cope, versus someone who is a rester to cope. Right? And that both yeah. of those are perfectly acceptable ways of being, but they're just vastly different. And how do we you know it all comes back down to our communication skills and how we communicate with one another eventually. But in this, I think what I'm hoping we can hear in this podcast is to say, whichever way you lean, if you lean towards resting, if you like Laying around all day, or if you lean towards manically cleaning every single item in sight at all hours, right? Like whichever way you go, that y- you're enough and it's okay. So, there are some practices that people can try when they're caught in a spiral. When I get caught in a spiral of being like, ah, oh, I'm messing up everything and I'm totally doing everything wrong, and blah, 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 there's a verse in scripture that says, God's grace is sufficient for you. And I just sometimes use that over and over and over again in my head, right? So repeating verses, repeating phrases, repeating things that can kind of ground and center you back, especially if you're in an anxiety spiral, Sure. to be able to say, God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. I don't have to be sufficient, but God's grace can be sufficient. Excellent. Right. those ways and places where I'm messing up, God will step into and make better. Right, That's part of our faith practice. Is what that is the God Julian of Norwich like, again? All will be well, and all be, will be well, and all manner of things will be well. Mm-hmm. And remember, Julian of Norwich lived through like five waves of the, of the plague. Black Death, of the plague, right? She was the ultimate... Social distancer. Well, sure, because she was walled into a church, right? (laughs) She was walled in. So she's like the ultimate stay home, stay safe. (laughs) But she had a window to the outdoors, and people still came to her window and listened and interacted with her. For folks who are wondering who Julian of Norwich is, there's a podcast from a long time ago. Yes, there is. About Julian that you can find on our webpage. But Julian lived through these various waves throughout her lifetime, just over and over and over again. And in one of them, she got really sick. Oh, yeah. And that's when her divine revelations came, was when she got incredibly sick and had these visions of God's all-encompassing love and this concept that all will be well and all will be well and all manner of things will be well. Julian is a wonderful figure to be thinking of in a time like this.
1: Sure. So in addition to some sort of mantra or prayer chant or something, is there another technique that you can pass along to us? Breathing. Oh, sure. It's,
0: it seems like it's such a you know, stereotypical Simple, thing.
1: Simple, autonomic response.
0: It's because it works. Sure. One of the things I've been doing with the kids in our kids' Compline each night is before prayer we do a trifle breathing and so what I mean by that is we do it in groups of three. We take in three deep breaths, and for each one we breathe in for three, and we exhale for three. And if you're kind of advanced at this, you could inhale for three, hold for three, and blow out for three. Okay. And what this does is it can help slow your heart rate, it can help to reoxygenate things. It. It helps to reestablish some body chemicals that maybe are going a little wonky if your breathing is starting to get shallow. And I tie that into a Trinitarian concept. Sure. Right. We're going to do three deep breaths. We're going to invite the creator and the rebel and the Holy Spirit. We're going to bring in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, whatever you want to say. We're going to bring them into us by taking in our three deep breaths on counts of three. And... You can watch even just the kids who've been bouncing, 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 right? All of a sudden just still and calm down. So if you find your heart going crazy or you find yourself in a space where you are reacting in ways that you don't wanna be reacting, taking that moment and grounding yourself in three deep breaths of three is a wonderful way to start stilling your heart.
1: Excellent. So because of the nature of things lately, I've been doing more virtual happy hours and knit Mm -hmm. nights and that kind of stuff. And if I see somebody having similar problems or talking to me about some of these problems, is there something I could pass on to them? The same techniques apply? They could. And another one, if you see someone
0: else who's in the midst of a spiral of some kind, Little questions that refocus people into the space that they're in, which I think is really important, especially as we're doing so much virtually right now, Mm -hmm. is to say, where are your feet? What color socks do you have on? Look around your room and name three colors. How many windows are in the room? Right, Anything to get them looking at and seeing the space that they're really in. So they're not thinking they're somewhere else or they're not locked in their head. And anything that's going to go from one side of the brain to the other. So you can ask about colors and then ask a number. Okay. Right. To help try and move from one side to the other, from emotion to logic. And so you can use those to help bring someone back into their actual body and back into their actual location and help them to calm down and recenter. It's a very powerful technique, and you can use that in person or across the world in virtual settings, but it's very easy in this time to forget that we are embodied people as we do everything to a small black camera on our computers. Oh, yes. Right. Is there anything else that we've forgotten? Is there anything else you'd like to touch on? I think it's... Important just to reiterate again and again, you are enough. Exactly what you are doing, how you are making your way through, what you have to offer in this time and space, it's enough.
1: It's so hard. I'm reminded of our conversation (laughs) about vacations and those of us who have a hard time taking them. Mm -hmm. This is like an enforced vacation. Mm, and I'm not sure that my house is where I want to take that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's so easy to struggle against, you know, commercialism and consumerism want us to think that we are not enough. Sure. Capitalism thrives on
1: making sure that we know that we're not enough. Well, and I think part of the anxiety people have about this is they want to help others and a certain way you're told to be able to help others is continued capitalism. Right? And yet at the same time, we need to
0: choose to stay home and not participate in that, Exactly. And so it puts us in this conundrum if we are reliant upon believing consumer capitalism as our way of understanding our value. But if we can place our value in our faith instead, then we say, okay, God made me exactly as I am, exactly who I am in this time and in this place. So there is something that I have to offer right now to this community that is enough for right now. I'm not in another location. I'm not in another time. I'm right here and right now. And so this is where I'm going to be. And this is where I am enough for. So finding the way to lean into that and finding the way to trust God to have a way to go forward in this. Not that God is making this happen or that God has any intention of this kind of a situation occurring, only that God is present with and among us and that we have been created to do good things with and for our world. And in that sense, this is our opportunity to trust that we're enough for where we are. It's super hard It's a complete redefinition of yeah, It seems like
1: almost a bigger leap of faith than believing in what (laughs) happens on Easter Sunday.
0: Right? It's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. It's a huge deal. And as we look at, you know, when are things going to go back to normal and when can we go back to, you know what, I don't really want us to go back to anything other than this. If we can learn how to live in the enoughness of each other and the trust that we are called into community with each other for a purpose in this time, and be ultimately curious about that enoughness and how our community has everything that we need to survive this kind of a thing. If we can learn how to trust and work with one another, right? if we can live into that, that's the kingdom of God coming into reality. That's the kind of normal I'll be happy to go go into. There's no going back into where we've been. There's only going into a different way of being. And I think that the first step of that is finding that way to believe in our enoughness.
1: So that's going to lead me to my last question. Do you have a favorite technique? Is it the breathing that you find works best for you? Or is it some sort of Julian of Norwich line?
0: It's so hard. It has often been singing Or does it just take all
1: of them sometimes? It takes all of them. It okay. really does take all of them for me.
0: Oftentimes I've used singing in the past a particular hymn or a piece of music, but right now I'm still kind of on vocal rest and my singing voice hasn't come back since January. So I'm struggling alongside of everyone else to find ways to be able to live into this enoughness. Oftentimes, it's reaching out to a best and closest friend to say, remind me that I'm enough. You know, we ask one another oftentimes, is there anything that your soul needs to hear tonight? Or is there anything that I could say that would help your soul be kinder to you tonight? And I'd say, you know, a lot of the time, mine is remind me that I'm enough exactly as I am. And having that trusted outside voice be able to give that is a gift an absolute gift
1: yeah I'm finding more now than ever the talking to my friends and getting stories that aren't my life to remind me there are other people in this world having completely different struggles what I'm going through will be fine and what they're going through will be fine and somehow it will all work out in the end one way or another Mm mm-hmm yeah Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Permission to Be Enough. I look forward to sitting down
0: with you another week
1: on another topic.
0: As do I. And thank you all for joining us. Remember, you are enough right where you are and as you are. Be as kind to your souls as you can this week. And until we are in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.